Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 99, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you all the latest news from around the ACHA and AAU college hockey. Thanks for sticking with us. We took last week off during the summertime. Not much news to get to, plenty of news to get to on this one. First and foremost, though, want to throw it over to our executive producer, David Herman. He's the newest winner of the Social Media Team of the Year for Utica City FC. Lots of hard work went into his first season with that he went out to milwaukee last year so we want to make sure we give him congratulations for that herm how was the week week was awesome it was really really cool getting to go out to milwaukee and spend a whole bunch of time with the owners and see the nuts and bolts of how a league meeting operated not only just from the photography side of things once we were done with the actual meetings themselves the dinners it was it was really special to be a part of and be in that kind of inner circle year one with ucfc was phenomenal i went in not having had any direct experience working with soccer and these guys are the most humble down to earth uh enthusiastic bunch of guys really overcame a ton of adversity through the course of the season just a rough first half and the second half was a complete 180 entertaining for the fans figures within the community and just the best people that you could ask for to spotlight on social i was talking to your brother a lot this week because we got to to hang out i got to see alex herman i i didn't realize that's why you were in milwaukee when you texted the group chat that you're going to milwaukee and then all of a sudden we saw the trophy and it made a lot more sense that Collins, I know you're you're battling some online summer classes right now. How are those going? They're going fine. They're they're pretty boring. It is tough though, um, cramming an entire semester's worth of material into one month is crazy, and then having to learn like two to three weeks of material in one week is just crazy. So it, it's been a lot of nonstop studying, uh, writing papers, uh, exams every uh, Wednesday night on Respondus. If you've ever had the pleasure of using Respondus, this, this is my first time using it. It sucks. I hate it so much. Other things going on in my world, beginning the hunt for a real job for post-college. So starting to, to throw my name into the ringer. And uh, I'm waiting to start my internship as well with, with STX. So hopefully that comes around the corner soon. Big news, Herm and I have been talking about this, but I had to drop $400 to fix my lens that was sold to me like that from a camera shop. So absolute bummer. It's my workhorse lens, my, my 70 to 200 f 2.8, my baby. But yeah, we should be getting that that back probably tomorrow, hopefully. So not not a whole lot going on in my world. It's been it's been pretty boring over here in Baltimore right now. I feel like we just did like a complete 180. It was like Herm was so pumped up about the award, celebrating everything, and then Collins is just in the trenches right now, paying for a new lens, battling the online class. Fitzy, we need you to cheer us up here. We go to you. Fitzy, are you rocking an OG Selly hockey hat right now? Is that the USA? Sure am. USA Russia hat? That is, wow. I haven't seen one of those in a minute. One of my favorites, the boys at Binghamton love it. I had to hide it when I'd, I'd be walking past the uh, the few Russians on the team, though. Couldn't risk that one. Yeah, love this hat. Not much going on. You know me in the offseason. Just lifting, tearing it up men's league. Went to Louisville, I think it was two weeks ago now. Can't keep track of it anymore. Saw my brother Ryan play the uh, Louisville Bats down there. Really cool city. Had a lot of fun. So just uh, living the dream, lifting and eating a lot, trying to gain some weight. I feel like you're also our college baseball insider because it seems based on the text in the group chats, I feel like that's what you even occupying yourself with during the day. Who's uh, your team heading into the College World Series here? Wake Forest is looking pretty nasty. Oral Roberts has been a cool little Cinderella story to watch. There's supposed to be a game tonight between Tennessee and Southern Mississippi, and they were in a weather delay last time I checked. Um, Southern Mississippi is another little Cinderella story, so it'd be cool to see them make it to Omaha. But Wake Forest is—they're uh, really good. So they got the pitching, and that's that's the biggest thing. There's just so many games that you got to play, and if you don't have the pitching, you're you're kind of toast. So they should be. Uh, I think I think Wake Wake Forest wins it all for sure. Love it. I, I went to you last because I was going to segue your men's league comments into my men's league comments. I was very fortunate enough to play my first men's league game of the summer down in Jersey, making the trek from Staten Island. Didn't really know what to expect going into it. Was told that the team that Vinny Barone and I were playing on was getting moved up a division and that they needed more young guys because they had a lot of older guys on the team. Our starting goalie is 65 years old. The best way to put it is we have a lot of guys like 50 plus and then their kids who are like 20 
25 in that range. So the median age of the team is somewhere, you know, in the late 30s, early 40s, but we don't have anybody on the team in their 30s or 40s. So looking forward to that. Didn't really get off to the best start. People are a little upset that Vinny and I were rocking all of our Q stuff. I think they thought we were like an NCAA team. I did my best to just feed pucks all night. 7-4 win. Got two apples on, on it. So good day, but don't really like making the older people upset that just trying to have fun playing men's league. Other than that, internship is going great. Was able to go see the Red Sox and Yankees play this weekend, which was a fun experience. I've never been to Yankee Stadium for a baseball game. Went there earlier in the year to see the Pinstripe Bowl, but got to catch up with Alex Herman and Shane Rombach. Those guys were great. Was a bummer that Herm couldn't join us as well, but we made the best of the trip. Got to check out Billy's before the game and stands after the game, which were awesome experiences if you're going to a ball game in the Bronx. So overall, it was a fun week. Glad to be back with the boys. So let's get into it here. We got some breaking news today, I guess. Kind of breaking news. We knew that AAU college hockey was going to get things going with year one of a division one level of, of hockey. And they announced today that College Hockey South will be adding five teams. The Empire Conference will be adding five teams. And then we had a couple of teams from the UNYCHL announce that they're going. But overall, we've learned that there's going to be 16 teams competing in Division One. Those teams starting in the South, we have Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tampa. In the Empire, we have Delaware, Fairfield, Farmingdale, Quinnipiac, and Ramapo. And then in the UNYCHL, we have Niagara, St. Bonaventure. Pretty certain that Binghamton will be in that list um, from what we've heard, but there's going to be a couple other teams in the UNYCHL that just haven't been unveiled at the moment. But like we said, overall 16 teams. I think they got 16 of the best teams going. Herm, I I know you you got to see a little bit here when they were unveiling. Overall thoughts from watching the AAU College Hockey Championships, I feel like they got the, the better half of the teams that were there. Definitely. There are some notable rivalries. South Carolina and Tampa are going to be at each other's throats for the next couple of years, for sure. George is always a powerhouse. Auburn has made some serious, serious strides as a program, and Alabama's efforts to, to try and bring a rank to campus is always a positive sign of health for a program. Collins, takeaways for you after looking at this list. We, we had boots on the ground, so we got to see all of these teams play uh, a couple months ago. I definitely like the lineup we got. Like like Herm said, we're going to get some great matchups out of South Carolina and Tampa. I'm really excited to see more Delaware-Farmingdale. That was that was a great game, uh, getting to see that. I'm kind of surprised no FAU, just given like geographic proximity to, uh, to Tampa, uh, which it's not the closest, but Tampa is going to be doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I, I really like what we've got so far. It's, uh, going to be, going to be interesting. I would assume that we're going to see a lot of cross division games because Clemson is not on this list. And you know, that South Carolina and Clemson are going to play each other. The two Tampa schools will be in separate divisions. Uh, you got to assume that they're going to play each other. I would assume FAU is going to play these guys too, but we'll we'll have to see. I think with 16 teams, that would be a lot of travel if they were just playing a Division One schedule. So I'm sure teams are going to mix in games with with teams from outside of Division One, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. The other one too worth noting is Alabama and Delaware. I know we mentioned this a couple episodes with Delaware, but Alabama joins them. They now have ACHA men's division one teams and AAU college hockey division one teams, which made for a little confusion in the comment sections when people saw that Alabama was making the jump to AAU division one. We also wanted to point out that Alabama has added a third team on campus. They are going to have another AAU team to feed their division one AAU team. Talking with some people at the AAU college hockey national championships, it seems like there's a lot of hockey players that could play on the ACHA Division One team that actually opt to play on the AAU team because of the closer travel to the schools down south. So I thought that was interesting. And hockey seems to be growing at a rapid pace at Alabama, and they're trying to get a rink. And so adding another team will certainly help with that process. And yeah, Herm, Herm threw this in the notes. We had Auburn on Twitter saying that they're going Division One in bold writing. And I did did see this out of a couple of graphics today. Like we are going division one, which may have thrown people for some clickbait, especially a school like Auburn, where it has such a wide brand recognition and kind of similar when 
Alabama announced that they were going Division One. I. I think people get a little confused, but make sure maybe maybe next time the AAU college hockey logo will be a, a little bit bigger on those graphics. But nonetheless, excited for all those teams making the jump. Wanted to take a second here to send our love to the Cal University hockey team and their community defenseman. Alex Orange passed away last week in a statement from the team. They read, we are sad to announce the passing of current Cal U hockey player, Alex Orange. Our hearts go out to his family, friends, and the hockey community in this extremely tough time. Wanted to take a moment to pause for some reflection, a very sad moment in the hockey community. Not the off-season news that we want to talk about but we're opening our hearts to the cal u hockey community something that's really tough to go through this time of year especially when guys are away from campus and and having to to deal with that but like we mentioned it's it's the off season and we try everything we can to keep ourselves busy and sometimes that means coming up with some wildly ridiculous content and so inspired by a fox sports graphic i had seen where they asked chat gpt who the best uniforms in the NFL belong to. I thought we would do something similar with ACHA teams. And uh, we put out a graphic, simply just typed in the chat GPT, who are the best 10 teams in the ACHA? Nothing more than that. And uh, we got a, a pretty wild list that to start included the University of Michigan. And it said ACHA Division One. So I knew ChatGPT had had messed up there because if it had just said Michigan, then maybe I would give it a pass. But it said Michigan Division One, which we know that Michigan doesn't have a Division One ACHA team. So um, we excluded Michigan from the list. Also excluded Lindenwood from the list. They're no longer in the ACHA, and it also threw Miami of Ohio in there for Division One ACHA. So we told to exclude that, and then it re-gave us the list, and it included number one University of Illinois. Then Minot State, Adrian College, University of Central Oklahoma, University of Delaware, University of Pitt, Liberty University, Davenport University, Iowa State University, and Arizona State University. Herm was probably more mad at this graphic than anybody else on the internet, but he voiced his opinion for the Bobcat faithful and the UNLV faithful. So I'll turn it over to him for his thoughts when he first saw this one. Outrage and a travesty. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. just, I can't believe it. Well, it worked. We, we got some clickbait and, and we'll definitely have to uh, do a couple more of these lists down the offseason. I think a lot of people want to see ACHA Division 2, M3 and the women's side of things, too. So we'll have to get some more reactions from our favorite AI friend. A couple more notes from around the league. Park University Gilbert has accepted into the ACHA. It's the first time I've ever heard of this program. I didn't realize this had happened, but they are located just east of Chandler, Arizona, and they will play in ACHA Men's 2 starting in the 2023-24 season. Should we bring back our our favorite game? It's the first time we're going to do it without Glick. So do I set the odds? Or Collins, you you on it. I'll I'll set the odds here. Over under... 6,000. Oh, 6,000 is tough. 6,000 is a lot more students than I thought they would have. But something tells me if you're setting the line there, I'm guessing it's a Division II school, and that's why they're entering ACHA M2. Uh, so I'm going to go under 6,000 for my guess. Going over. I'm going under. Well, Fitzy is right. They have 16,500 students. It's shocker. I got you, Park University Gilbert. You're my boys. That is unbelievable. How did they survive without an ACHA team? I don't know. Hold on, I just go to their. I just went to their website. Literally on the first page, Park Gilbert Hockey officially accepted into the ACHA. Nice to see that the athletics page is throwing that on their website. Um, oh, they're NAIA. Oh, okay. Oh, cool though. All right, I I want to see more but i have a terrible wi-fi so we're going to keep battling through roger williams has announced that they are going to rejoin the necha american south roger williams spent the last two seasons as members of the northeast collegiate hockey association patriot conference is now set to rejoin their former home in the american south conference during their last stint in the league the hawks took home the conference title in four straight seasons their first coming during the 2016-17 campaign and closing it out with a title in 2019-2020 season also missed this uh from late may st thomas university is adding a women's division two team starting in the fall of 2023 20- 
2023. This happened because first-year student Jada Johnson came up with the idea after attending orientation and approaching the club sports booth. When she realized there was no option for a women's club hockey team, she met up with the fellow first-year student Maddie Moots, and they decided to make the dream reality. They'll be taking to the ice in the fall of 2023. Very excited for them. And then there's another school who wants in on the action. The University of Texas, San Antonio, is looking to make a comeback. They have reactivated their social media channels and are looking to get groups of students together who are interested in making their return to the ice. According to their Twitter account, looks like the last time they played was 2013. So we'll have to keep an eye on the Roadrunners, see if they can make any progress over the summer and get back on the ice this fall. Plenty of stick taps this week. I'm going to turn it over to David Herman to hit on the first couple, including a, a very unique one he found from Colgate University. When things were a little bit quieter this week before everything started breaking, I started just combing through Twitter accounts to see if anyone was posting anything. Happened to stumble on the AAU hockey team accounts, just pouring through the list. From Colgate Club Puck on Twitter from February 17th, Colgate Club Hockey owns Montreal now. I'm sorry, it's just the truth. Drewski is the star of music on this fine Friday evening, and then Ryan Mancino macking like he's buying 2.4 pounds of produce from Price Chopper. So we love the commentary from Colgate. Is that just stick taps to whoever has the Twitter password? Yeah, honestly, that's what it is. The reason I was throwing it to you is we had some stick taps for the guys at Ohio. Leo Marone, uh, Ohio's head coach, coach of the year, by the way, presented at Brock University's high performance hockey seminar on constructing a team identity through practice. There were a whole bunch of notable guests. Leo making the speaker list is just a testament to his work throughout his season and, and his career as a coach. I think it also says a lot about the ACHA, too, that they don't mind giving the floor to ACHA coaches to uh, inspire wisdom amongst other coaches. Speaking of coaches, though, we wanted to congratulate David Zimmerman. He's the Minot State assistant coach for the men's Division One team, and he led Minot High School's women's tennis team to a state title. So congratulations to Coach Zimmerman. National championship and now a state championship in women's tennis. Also one that broke today, big stick taps to Neil Ravin, who's going to be named the commissioner of the EHL and EHLP at the conclusion of the coming season. Neil was a big, big friend to Alex uh, when he was playing in Connecticut, and Neil has worked his tail off over his tenure with the league, and for him to climb up the ladder this way is uh, is a huge, huge accomplishment. So maybe this will be the change. Maybe we can get in Neil's ear about maybe posting a couple more ACHA commitments from the EHL account, see if we can make some progress on that end. Definitely something to watch out for. I, I can't even I, see, I can't even believe the teams the EHL is adding. It seems like every junior hockey league is expanding. And New Hampshire has a team in the Nall now. I don't know if you guys saw that, but junior hockey is the Wild West. And as as tough as it is to cover the all of the ACHA and AAU college hockey, I can't imagine people who are trying to cover junior hockey because there are just a million teams now. Wanted to congratulate Rudy Hodgson. The ACHA is in. The Hockey Hall of Fame, the former DePaul netminder Rudy Hodgson, recently had his Columbia hockey jersey permanently placed in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's his Columbia, as in the country, plays for the international team. He helped backstop Columbia's D1 men's team to the 2021 Latin America Cup, a tournament with 44 teams representing 21 different nations. Hockey Hall of Fame wanted a, a piece of history. They put his jersey in the Hockey Hall of Fame this week, and he got to go there and present it himself, which is very, very cool. Also, I wanted to give a shout-out to University of Michigan women's hockey president and alternate captain Robin Goldman. She has been volunteering her time with the Taipei Tigers in Taiwan. She is over there studying Mandarin at National Taiwan University and has been spreading the joy of women's hockey to young girls in Taiwan, which is really cool to see. Lastly, I wanted to give a shout out to the Oklahoma University Sooners softball team. They won their third consecutive college World Series title. They paid the Oklahoma hockey team a visit earlier in the year. And uh, you got to think that that played a factor into them winning the college world series and going on a three-peat none, none of the other teams that were there had attended their hockey teams games so very very cool to see they showed support on social media that they were at the game it wasn't like they just went and then left at the end of the first period plenty of support on social media for the boys at ou hockey so really cool to see that and so i want to give them a shout out as well yeah we got a, a really cool interview this week we got two of the boys from nebraska kane bierenstraw and nathan weber coming on 
fellow corn huskers talk and shop and as always this one is brought to you by optum x sports they provide teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website best part is they are guys who understand the acha they understand aau college hockey they played club hockey they make it really easy especially in the off season if you're a student-run program you're trying to figure things out go to optimex sports they understand what you're going through they'll make it really easy they can transition you from your old website to your new website if you don't have anywhere to begin with they're the perfect guys to go to plenty of teams are signing up for this one recently we've had saginaw valley state university of nebraska omaha we've got illinois state west virginia's got all three of their men's teams going michigan state women's division one eastern washington all signing up for optimex sports so make sure to check it out use the link in our bio if you're listening to this and you're interested in optimex sports head to optimexsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod and now for our interview with the boys from nebraska we're pleased to be joined by two members of the Nebraska Cornhuskers of ACHA Men's Division Three. We have rising senior forward number 22, Kane Bierenstraw, and junior forward number nine, Nathan Weber. Kane or Webbs, welcome to the Hockey House pod. Great to have you, boys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yep, super excited to be here. Thanks for having us, Murph. Yeah, I was going through the uh, the notes today. Congrats to you guys. First Nebraska team on the podcast. We're, we'll slowly, eventually get to all 50 states. Glad to have you guys on today. Yeah, we got the best one on first. So, Kaner, I'll throw it over to you because you're live from the rink right now. Uh, how's the offseason going? Pretty good. I actually work at the rink, so that takes up quite a bit of my time in the offseason. So, it's good. It's pretty slow here. Not a whole lot of guys here in Lincoln, so... We all still keep in touch quite often. Every team needs the guy who works at the rink over the summer. I mean, I, I swear every team has one, and, and you're doing it for the Cornhuskers. Webbs, what about you? How how you staying busy in the off season? I'm doing I'm doing good. I just got back from Orlando on Sunday. I was at Disney World and Universal uh, with my parents and my girlfriend, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I just started working as an intern under my dad at my uncle's company. So it's it's going well so far. Now, are you guys a big Disney family, or is this just a one time vacation trip? No. So when I was really young, my dad got a timeshare there, so we go every year. So it was, he got it for really cheap when uh, we were young. So we were fortunate enough to keep going. We're going every year, though. That's a Disney family, right? No, do not. No, I don't want you to call my parents like Disney. <laughs> thing. I know where that's going. But no, no, we, we have a lot of fun there. I feel like now that you're at the age where like doing the the tour of the countries, right? Like that's the most fun part. In about a year, it will be. I, I turned 21 in March, so one more year. All right. Well, hey, psyched to have you guys on. For the people listening uh, who don't know you guys, haven't been in the locker room with you, walk us through where you grew up. Kane, I think it's, I mean, you're born and raised in Lincoln. How did you talk about hockey growing up and like how you ended up at uh, Lincoln, Nebraska? Uh, yeah, so like you said, born and raised here in Lincoln. Played youth hockey through the Lincoln Ice Hockey Association for, uh, let's see, I started when I was four, graduated, was still with them. So I was like, well, I kind of want to stay close to home. University of Nebraska is pretty big school. Football's not the greatest, but still fun going to the games and stuff. And uh, I knew we had a team, a few guys that I played summer league with. Also played on the team. They're like, you got to come out. Like, super fun. Coach is fun. Everything about it's awesome. So that's kind of how I started my career at the university. Being from Lincoln, did you grow up skating at that rink? Uh, No. So actually, Breslau, where we play at, is about seven years old. And so the rink I grew up skating in was the Lincoln Stars and the U Show. Their rink, which is, I couldn't tell you how many years old, but it's old. Uh, It's an absolute barn. Yeah, that's that's where I grew up skating. So when you were in high school, are you guys going to the Lincoln Stars games on, on the weekends? Uh, definitely when I was younger, not as much in high school, just because we were usually playing every weekend. But definitely like eight, nine, ten years old. That's the thing to do every Friday night is you go to the game. Nate, walk us through like what war? Where were you growing up playing hockey? How'd you end up in Nebraska? I grew up about 45 minutes west of Chicago in a very small town called Gilberts, Illinois. And for the listeners that are from the Illinois area, I'm about five minutes from Leafs Ice Center. Grew up playing for the West Indy Leafs, um, Central State, since I was a squirt. Um, I started playing when I was four, played for the Leafs my entire youth career. And then I kind of just moved on. 
I uh, graduated. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to leave the state. Didn't know if I was going to keep playing hockey because um, I didn't know anything about the ACHA. I kind of just started visiting Midwest schools because I wanted to leave the state, but I had to stay close because of my parents. And so I visited like Nebraska. I was looking at Mizzou, Kansas, all those schools. The first school I actually went to was Nebraska. Still didn't know anything about hockey in Nebraska. Didn't think they knew anything about hockey. Found out they had an ACHA team. I met Larry, who Kane kind of touched on, very fun coach, and I just fell in love with Lincoln and the university in general, and that's how I ended up here. Awesome stuff. And Kane, it kind of makes sense. Like, what was that adjustment like? I'm thinking back, you know, your freshman year was the peak of the pandemic. Was that a weird transition, being from Lincoln and then, like, having so much of college be remote at that time? Uh, yeah, that was definitely a very weird time. I actually live about 20 minutes from campus, so it's not too far of a drive, but I was staying at the dorms at the time. I think I had one class in person. Otherwise, the only place I went other than the dorm was back home every other day or something like that and to the rink, which luckily is like five minutes away from campus, if that. So it was weird because all I went to was the rink in one class in a full year of school. What was that like? I mean, it was probably a lot different by the time Nate got on campus, but that year, thankfully you guys play on campus. So you guys were able to take advantage of that. What were the restrictions like? Was there ever any hope of a season or did you kind of know you guys were going to sit this one out? The rec did a really good job. I will say we were all kind of frustrated at first with, they were saying we could practice and then we couldn't practice, but we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to keep practicing throughout the year it was right after christmas break is when they were like yeah you're probably not gonna play again or at all this season and so that was kind of tough because we had still been practicing all first semester then we gotta find out that we weren't gonna play a single game so so i'll I'll leave it to you first because you you were there first and it can come from that freshman year or it can come from your sophomore year when you got to start playing games but i want to hear your your welcome to the acha moment what was your introduction to club hockey i can't really remember our exact schedule but i think our first two weeks were at kansas at the time we we had a pretty good crowd here at the breslow center kansas pretty small rank not a whole lot of people came definitely the welcome moment was when we went down to arkansas that place is just like a zoo there's nobody there for warm-ups you step on the ice for the first period and it's like everyone's yelling like it's crazy that was definitely my welcome to the ACJ moment I, I think it's like the Jordan family ice center something like that like they pack it it's like 800 plus I, I they did some attendance they set some attendance record at the end of last season down there but that looks like a, a really fun place to play Nate, once you get on campus, what's your welcome to the ACHA moment? How You mentioned beforehand not really knowing much about ACHA hockey. So what were the expectations coming in and what was something that surprised you early on? Pretty much my welcome to the ACHA moment was also going to Arkansas. Like you said, my expectations were kind of like beer league hockey, just, you know, everyone going out there and having fun. I didn't really know what the competitive landscape was going to be like. But like Kane said, we started at Kansas, who has, I mean, the rink's an hour from their campus, so there's nobody there. We had a decent crowd. And then I think we played Iowa State a couple times, but that was D3 at the time, so they didn't have anyone in the crowd. And then it was like November when we went to Arkansas. And I'm thinking, who plays hockey in Arkansas? Like, do they even have youth hockey or anything? I don't remember playing Arkansas when I was younger. So I didn't expect much at all. We show up to that rink. You know, you walk on the ice after warmups, and it was just like, oh, wow, okay. And then you got that the McAtee kid on the other side of the ice, and he's, I mean, he's just a ridiculous player to play against. So wasn't really expecting that. I don't know if you guys knew. I mean, you guys were at the at Nationals when we beat them in, uh, I think it was like the second game of Nationals. But there was actually a lot of bad blood that weekend in November when we went down there. My welcome to the ACHA moment, I guess I could say, was when I it was at the end of the second game. They scored with like 30 seconds left in the game to win. And then there was like a huge Donnie Brook brawl at the end of the game. And I was, and it was like five on five in front of the Arkansas bench. I got my helmet stolen from me. And it, it was just it was just ridiculous. But that was probably my welcome to the ACHA moment. Wow. Yeah, I knew you could tell the way that that game ended in St. Louis that you guys were out there and you meant business and some old scores being settled like they talk about a miracle. I want to get it right. It's the Jones Center for Families. Doesn't sound like it was much of a family event that November uh, between the Huskers and the Razorbacks, though. Yeah, no, there was there was definitely a lot of bad blood going into St. Louis. I remember us reacting to to drawing Arkansas. We were we were really excited to get back at them. And when we finally when that final horn sounded and you you mean you saw the emotions in that penalty box with Bonnie and Hill, 
it was just it felt so good so before we get to nationals there was one thing i, I noticed from that year you, you talk about going through and not being able to play games you get to the next season you guys are playing games again and then on looking on instagram you guys got fans taken away they they told you no more fans the rest of the year that was kind of crazy start to the season they uh originally they said that it was all back open. Brian at the rec center did a really good job of communicating everything with us because going to class was still really strict. You still had to wear masks and everything. The time of our first game, it was open to everyone. Anyone could come. You just had to wear a mask. I think it was like two or three home games into the season. They were like, no one can come to your games. Like it can only be family. I think at the time we had four guys even from Nebraska, and I think there was only two guys from Lincoln on the team. So it's like we had four people in the stands. That was pretty funny, but not really funny at the same time. So Let's talk about the home ice here because I feel like it's unique that we have ACHA teams that don't have varsity teams on campus that have their own rink. I mean, there's you can count on, on your fingertips the amount of schools that that happens on, at. Walk us through Breslow. Like you, you mentioned, Kane, that it was built seven years ago. Did the school ever have any ideas in mind or was it just hey let's build a hockey rink make it available for a club team and, and students can use it as a recreational facility yeah so that to this day is still kind of kept under the rug not really there's been some rumors spread about nebraska has to have a d1 team i don't think anyone really knows what was actually in writing i know the rumor was that uno got the d1 ncaa team and we got the football team back 100 years ago or whatever. The rink was built by Nebraska, but it's not operated by Nebraska. And so we're actually subcontracted out through a third party based in Dallas. It's available to the public. They do a really good job of letting us keep our facility. I think we're the only, or maybe not the only, but one of few in the Midwest that actually gets to keep our locker in during the summer and keep our gear in there over the school year and whatnot so nate walk us through like what's the locker room set up like i remember visiting the locker room for the first time and again no expectations like just thought it was going to be some small dinky locker room or whatever and i walk in and you know you, it's it's huge like it's just it's just a really f- wide open space you can sit anywhere and you can see anybody uh, you, we have a decently sized coach's room you know four nice showers a really nice bathroom our own laundry room in the back like it's a pretty sweet setup and i I was not expecting it uh, at all when I visited. And I, I was I was actually really taken aback when I noticed it. And at the time, I was like, wow, I wonder like how many ACHA teams have this, or at least at the D3 level. And then as I kind of went through my, you know, my first two years, I'm like, wow, we're pretty lucky to have the Breslow because it's it's a really sweet setup. And two, looking at the photos, I mean, it seems like it's the perfect size. Like I'm seeing photos, you guys are drawing crowds, 500, 600 plus. What's the environment like? Are there certain games that fans love coming to? Is attendance pretty consistent? So I would say that our attendance isn't very consistent, but that's something that Kane and I have been really working on. Kane is actually uh, has a new officer position for us this year. He's our marketing officer. And basically his whole focus is getting people in the door because, you know, every ACHA team has the whole, we have a hockey team, but ours is on a whole nother level because nobody really knows about hockey in Nebraska. So that's kind of what his role has become. Uh, and we've kind of done a, la- a really good job last year. We did a Greek night where we basically just had a whole sorority and a whole frat fill the entire stand. And it was just ridiculous. They were yelling at refs going off the ice. It was it was crazy. But we're trying to get our numbers more consistent. I mean, I think we broke our Husker hockey attendance record on that Greek night or whatever, that first night against UNL. So actually that first night, I, I think we definitely reached 650 people, but I don't think everyone got counted. It, looking back at pictures, we definitely had close to like 750 or 800. I mean, there was it was standing room only pretty much the second you walked in the door. Also, just kind of a funny plug about that. I also think that a lot of people thought we were playing the UNO D1 hockey team. That I think that also attributes to the numbers. But after that, uh, that game, we did have consistently higher numbers than we did my rookie year, at least. That's unbelievable. Canary, butts in seats. That's the motto this year, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's That's definitely the motto. Getting people to get here and get them to know. We get the tour of the rink now. You guys had a really good season that that first year back after the pandemic. You get to go to nationals. I mean, how cool was that? Just kind of as a program, you know, punching your ticket to St. Louis. 
I had actually never been to nationals. The high school league here works a little bit different. There's not enough people in one high school that play hockey that you can fill one team. So I think on my high school team, we had like six different high schools contribute. So I'd never been there. It was really hard to get in because UNO, not UNO, but Omaha's got a really good program and so they always kind of went first time for me was absolutely insane i had never seen so many people who wanted to be at a hockey game even watching other games it was like four other teams were watching and we're sitting there like why does everyone care about this game and it's like oh wait it's the national tournament that's why that was also my first trip to nationals i knew that coming into that season i think it was our we went to nationals the past three years so it was our fourth straight if you kind of just erase the COVID year. But I, I just I didn't understand what the, all the hype was around nationals. I thought it was just going to be any other tournament. Show up to St. Louis, beautiful rink, and it was just unreal. Just the atmosphere every game. I mean, even that Arkansas game like you guys were at, it was just un, it was an unreal experience. Talking with the ACHA, uh, they're so pumped to be going back there next season. I mean, it was fun being in, in Boston at the rinks in Marlboro, but didn't have that feel that had in St. Louis because there's that just that big common area between all the rinks. You can almost see that every game that's going on, perfect size venue with the one big rink. You got like a, a smaller rink and then like a small rink. Really good setup. So looking forward to it being back there. But walk us through this Arkansas game. You mentioned the, the boys in the Pelly box, but I caught the third, like the last five minutes of the third period so like you guys it was in the bag because like you mentioned you kind of got your your teeth kicked in back in november by these same guys and then you draw them in nationals Kaner, i'll throw it over to you like what wh how cool were the final couple of minutes of that game yeah i think it all definitely stemmed back from november like you said we did kind of get our teeth kicked in. that was not too fun to go down there and lose and especially in that environment where they play it's just not fun to lose so we're like okay, we don't have to play them in Arkansas. We have nothing to lose here. And correct me if I'm wrong, Webs, but I don't think we won that first game and we had still never won a game in the national tournament. We're like, if we can come back and win against a team that swept us in November and secure the first win that the team has ever had in nationals, it would be pretty cool. Throughout the game, it was just like back and forth. Nobody really had like an upper hand on one another it was just back and forth dirty hockey come to that third period we were up by one and it was like all right we got like 10 minutes left i don't think anyone realizes but like we can do this like it wasn't out of hand or nothing that last five minutes it came down to that and it's like all right we got to do whatever we can like don't let cam acty get the puck like do not let him touch the puck. The cool thing about that game was, so Larry Taylor was our coach at the time. He was kind of the one that made Husker hockey possible back in I probably like 2004, was it? He's the whole reason we're around today. He's been coaching us for that at that point, like pretty much 20 years, almost 20 years. And he went to nationals those three years before, and we, we went 0-9 total, lost every game. And he kind of came in and he told us like, oh, you know, this is my last year, guys, like, it's time to, you know, make a run here. We get spanked by Notre Dame the first game. I, I think it was Notre Dame. And we go into the Arkansas game. We're like, God, we got to play Arkansas now. Like, geez. And then when we finally pulled it off, it was just unbelievable feeling. I mean, Larry was so excited. It was it was just a lot of pressure taken off of Larry and our backs as well. The environment in Nationals, like you said, just to get that win and, and the fourth go around at Nationals. Off ice at Nationals, though, like what was that like being around other teams? Did you guys share a hotel with other teams yeah so i can't remember exactly what the hotel was called or anything but we were at the same hotel as saginaw valley one night i think it was after the arkansas game we were super pumped up whatever uh some of the older guys went to the gas station and got some stuff and our coach was like you guys realize you just walked out of the gas station with so and so Saginaw Valley is walking out with like protein bars, protein shakes, a bunch of water, whatever. Later that night, I guess the boys were getting a little rowdy in the hotel, playing chill, whatever. And the next morning, one of the Saginaw Valley guys was like, what were you guys doing last night? Like we were right next door. We couldn't fall asleep. Like, what were you guys doing? We became like instantly best friends with those guys. I still talk to some of them today. And yeah, that, that was just a great time in the hotel with 
the Saginaw Valley boys. We got to shout those guys out. Those guys are awesome. I think so we had that night after Arkansas and then that night after the last game, I think we were both knocked out. There were festivities among the older guys. Kane made some pretty good friends that night. That's hockey, right? Like you stay in hotels and you befriend the guys on other teams. And I know you guys didn't play Saginaw, but both Division three teams, I mean, that could have easily been a, a team that you guys would have never faced. Um, and it still would have been just as fun, but that's what hockey's all about. That's why you, you pay the big bucks to go down to nationals. Those guys were super fun. Uh, we talked to their coach for forever, and their coach was like, we were telling them kind of our situation with nobody at the university really knows who we are, and all they care about is like the football, basketball, volleyball teams, the big teams, whatever. And he was like, you guys just need to like reach out to your rec more, and we're like, well, that like – we do, but then again, we have a D1 football team who has been really good in the past, and that's all anyone focuses on at Nebraska. So, yeah, it, it was really fun with those guys. Speaking of football, looking back at the notes, make sure I'm hitting everything. Is it true that you guys, uh, as part of a fundraiser, that you sell parking spots at the rink for football games? Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, so we, we actually can't play home games when there's a football game that weekend because – the, the rink sells the parking to the people that go into the football games. So, yeah, we always have to take road trips when there are home football games because we can't park in the parking lot. Yeah, especially on the longer trips when we get back uh, later at night, the football team has a night game or whatever. There'll still be people in the parking lot. So I think it was at one point last year, I think when we went to Mizzou, maybe there was still cars in the parking lot. The rink was like, look, you guys can't park here like we sold these spots and so last minute effort we had to go park at walmart like way on the other side of town to take vans down to mizzou or something like that it's it gets pretty crazy here on husker game days so yeah i remember when we had to go to the walmart place we had a couple uh we had a couple guys uh go to the wrong walmart and made it super late on the way out are you guys getting any cut of the parking or it's going all to the rink it's going all to the rink right now. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can work something out in the future about getting a cut, especially if we got away games. Hard, hard to beat the locker room and, and the rink on campus. So I guess if they get a cut, it's not, not the end of the world. But talk about the offseason. You mentioned Coach Larry stepping down last year. What was that transition like to the new coaching staff? I would say that Larry was more focused on fun with us. Um, and when Reed came in, uh, we were really excited because he was more focused on us expanding the program as a whole, like the whole fan situation, you know, doing our theme nights and stuff like that. He's been really open to letting us run things and let us expand the club in general. Actually, we we are bringing Larry back. He's going to be our assistant coach. So we're kind of get we're going to get the best of both worlds this upcoming season. Awesome. Love that. Talk a little bit about last year, Um, you know, coming off of nationals, new coach, coach Reed's there. What were some takeaways that that you guys had from the season? Yeah, I think definitely last season was a huge success. We had a huge rookie class, I think of about 16, 17 guys all coming from out of state. So a lot of those guys were not used to Lincoln and Getting into the groove of things with school, having that big rookie class was huge because now I think for the next four years, they'll continue to drive the program in the right direction. Coming off of nationals, I don't think some of the guys realize how good of a team that we had and we can even go farther. And this last season was just, it was a ton of fun. We had a few games that were just heartbreakers that could have pushed us in the nationals and we just, we couldn't get that one extra goal or that one less penalty or something like that that just kind of kept us out yeah you guys uh kind of went on a run in the the playoffs ended up falling to mizzou who had a solid run at at nationals what do you remember you know from that that run because you guys beat some pretty good teams leading up to that so the funny thing about that conference playoff was every single game was an upset so we were actually the seven seed going into the into the tournament and mizzou was the eight seed and we met in the finals and they obviously ended up beating us but that was probably the most heartbreaking loss uh, of the season was that championship game over time. Uh, we beat them twice in Columbia, which was not an easy place to play either. I think, who did we beat first? Dort, I think we beat Dort first, and then we beat Creighton, who we struggled with all year. I mean, they beat us all four games in the regular season. We finally beat them when it mattered, and then we were playing Mizzou, who just knocked off Arkansas, who was obviously hungry for wins. Um, and that championship game, I mean, it was back and forth all game. I think we had the lead of, like, two or three times 
Uh, I remember I was on the ice when they tied the game with like five minutes left. It was just like a fluky goal off a face off that went over cop's shoulder. It was just a really frustrating game. And then we go into overtime and they score with like 10 seconds, like like three seconds left in the game. If it was like three seconds later, we probably could have had another shot to make it to nationals. It was just probably the worst way to end a season um, because we would have got the auto bid if we won. Yeah. Kane, what, I mean, what's that like? Cause I mean, there's, very few things in sports more exciting than a conference title game in overtime between two teams that are pretty much like unranked, right? You need need, both teams, seven and eight seed need the auto bid to get to nationals. And now it's going to overtime. What was like the hockey like in that, in that overtime period? It was pretty crazy. It's the atmosphere. Uh, We actually played in St. Louis again for our mock. Yeah. The mock tournament. Uh, That's where it's held every year at Maryville. So that's, that's a really fun place to play. They have three sheets of ice, and usually they can get a pretty good crowd there, especially with Mizzou being, I think they're only like an hour and a half away. They brought quite a few people down, and it was it was a pretty fun game. But, yeah, it was just just came up short there, and that it would have changed if it was three seconds later. You mentioned uh, Alex Koff a little bit earlier there, Nate, when talking about the game. Arguably, I think, one of the coolest masks in the ACHA, no? Yeah, no, Cop's a beauty. He he does everything right. He's definitely our rock. He probably won us five or six games this year alone. His mask is unreal. His style's unreal. He's just an unreal guy, honestly. But yeah, I, I love Cop. I like Cop. He's a super good dude. Plays really good hockey. He's all around just a good guy. Uh, he does have one superstition, so I hope he's listening to this. Uh, I would like some peanut M&Ms before the games next year. So if you could dish me... Two M&Ms, that would be great. Uh, he's got this weird superstition that all goalies have, I'm sure. But he eats a package of peanut M&Ms before every game. He'll dish them out to a few guys in the locker room. And if, if you deny him the first time, you will never get asked to have a peanut M&M with them ever again. If you're listening to this, dish me out some M&Ms, please. Kopf also, uh, when when he's not starting, he rocks the backup goalie from Miracle look with the towel around the, the neck. And he pulls that off really well. And then his other superstition, and besides the peanut M&Ms, is he does not speak to anybody the minute he gets into the rink until the game starts. Like, if you talk to him, he will ignore you. Or if someone's, like, trying to get by him when he's, like, about to go on the ice, he won't move. He won't acknowledge anybody. It is absolutely hilarious. That's unreal. I can just picture some rookies, like, game one, like, asking him, like, hey, where do I get my skate sharpened? He's just, like, not even giving them the time of day. What about you? Mentioned Kopf has good style. Who's uh who's the guy on your team with the worst style? Who's a guy who who you know maybe doesn't have the best the best style out there? I'm gonna throw this one out there. It might be kind of crazy to some people. Uh, we're sad to see him leave. He's actually transferring to USF, I believe. But Grant Webster just awful. Good hockey player, but he's just got to figure it out with the socks and the skates. It seems like it's different every game. Half the time he has them inside out, and I hope he figures it out down in Florida because I know that wouldn't fly again here. So My pick would have to be my good friend Jacob Osborne. After the season ended, he bought a uh, an orange and red yellow tinted visor. He wore it to all the rest of our practices after the season was over. It just looked so bad. It, it was just not. It was just not it. So I was doing a little research here and I, I was wondering, trying to see if I could figure out the answer before we started. Not many teams in college hockey have a number 69, but you guys do. And he's rocking the half bubble, half cage, which is a pretty tough look to, to rock in, in the ACHA. He pulls it off. He's actually, our, that's Evan Detina. He's our team president. He's also from Illinois, but uh, Evan's also a beauty. He He's hilarious. He he pulls it off well. If, any, if I had to pick anybody over to get number 69 and wear that helmet, it would be him because he can back it up on the ice. A kid can shoot like no one else. It's, it, it, it's hilarious. Yeah, I remember uh, the first game he had it, and I forget who we were playing, but the other team was just, like, chirping the hell out of him. I think he put up, like, four or five goals that game. I think we blew the team out, and it was just like, yeah, all right, like, yeah, I'm wearing a half cage, but how many goals do you have, and you're losing by six? 
If anyone can rock it, it's definitely him. All right, we'll we'll put re- some respect on it, especially if he's rocking sixty nine and putting up the points to back it up. Let's talk a little bit about like some rivalries here. We we've talked enough about Arkansas and and Cam McAtee. He's probably smiling. Listen to this. How many times we brought him up? You mentioned UNO too. Um, like who are some of the, the other rivalries in the area that that you guys get up for? Since this season, Mizzou's got to be up there. I mean, we had three really close games with them this season, including the championship. And uh, I'm just going to call out those classless guys that drove past us with the Maka trophy. We were actually, so after, uh, so for the Maka conference playoffs, we had one of the Nebraska football buses. And so it had this giant artwork of like, throw the bones. It was nasty. And so everyone knew what our bus looked like. And they were driving home after the Maka game. And our, our bus was silent. They're, they they drive by us in the left lane on the highway. And they're just holding the, the Maka trophy above them and just honking their horns. So uh, we're going to have to get some payback next year when we play them. That's old school. I mean, that that takes me back to like slap shot when, they, when they're driving and the fan bus passes by them. But yeah, definitely some, some salt in the wound there. Kane, what about you? Who, other than Mizzou, who's a team that sticks out for you? I would say, gosh, there's UNO's on the up. They were pretty tough the last game that we played them. Uh, Webbs has a funny story. He said he wanted to share with everyone about the last UNO game. Kansas has been on the up recently, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of our close competitors next year. I wouldn't say last year just because they weren't around, but Iowa State, when they were playing, we always had a tough time with them. I would really like to see them get back in the ACHA and continue their program because, yeah, it's it's fun to go to Ames and play them. That's a fun place to play. Yeah, so speaking of the story that Kane just mentioned with the, the last time we played UNO, so we were over there, and UNO just didn't really have their stuff together. They only had two refs for us, which probably isn't acceptable in the ACHA. And I remember I went to the corner. It was like the second period or something. We're actually losing, which we shouldn't be, to to that UNO team. I think it was – I don't, I don't want to call them out. Uh, but I think it was Zach. He like tried to lift this kid's stick in the corner right next to the ref, but he missed his stick or something, or and he just brought it up too fast, and it just caught the ref in the face. The blood starts gushing, and you're like, oh god, like he probably just lost a few teeth or whatever. And then he kind of just skates over, and he's like holding his eye. And we're like, what? So luckily he didn't lose his eye, but he cut his eyelid open, and he had to get stitches in his eyelid. So he was he's like standing in front of the penalty box just kind of like panicking because his eyelid is just cut open and I, I was it was the most horrifying thing like injury I've ever seen because it was just so scary I mean this guy looks like he he's lost his eye but then we had to cancel the game because obviously he had to leave he just cut his eye open there was only one ref and UNO wasn't very happy about it even though it was their fault and then we played him the next day and beat him they weren't happy how far of a drive is that from Lincoln yeah so it's only about like 45 minutes to an hour-ish, so it's not awful. That's one trip that everyone kind of drives themselves, uh, besides the freshmen who don't have a car on campus. We'll all kind of carpool together. It, it's not too far. Is that a is that a fun rink to play at? Because they got the, uh, you know, Baxter, they, you know, the big bowl for the NCAA team, but I noticed you guys play on that practice rink, which got it's got the windows all the way down. Is that interesting to play in? Is it fun to play in? Kane, I'm sure you played there a lot growing up. That place is pretty new. Uh, I think it's about 10 years old, maybe something like that. I played on the big sheet once, and that's a blast. The small rink is absolutely awful to play at, I think. If you're playing any time between like 6 and 7, and that sun's coming down, you cannot see a thing if you're driving to the net or you're trying to I couldn't imagine what it's like for goalies who are trying to see the puck and the sun's just shining in your face. I personally, I hate it. Other guys really like it. It's cool. You get to see outside while you're playing, whatever. But I have a hard time seeing in that place. So for me, it's a dislike. I mean, that's that's a rivalry right there. It's not supposed to be a fun place to play. So other thing, too, I wanted to ask you guys because we'll do a little plug here because you guys are doing you were doing the jersey sale and you've got a handful of jerseys that you guys have worn. You got the reds, the whites, the blacks, the pinks. Uh, is there a camel one, too? What's your uh, personal favorite? I'll throw it over to you, Kane, first. I want to thank Ryan from X Jerseys. He's done a great job with us and helping generate some more sales to keep player dues down. And uh, the first round of jersey sales went really good. We're going to open it back up here in, I 
think about a week-ish or something like that. Right now, we're it's tough because the university just put the old Herbie logo in their vault. And so that's kind of going to be a struggle with Ryan and trying to figure out what we can use because it's all licensed through the university and whatnot. I would definitely say my favorite jerseys are the black jerseys. I think they're just clean and they look good. I would say that my favorites are the white jerseys with the red breezer covers. I feel like it just flows better with our red helmets and red gloves. I really like the black jerseys and the red jerseys, but I got to I gotta shout out Mikhail for giving us the dinner plate logos on our chest. Those those things like you sit down on the bench and it's like the logo's like touching your chin. Like it's brutal. Well, speaking of the dinner plate logos, every time we post a picture of you guys, people in the comments are going bananas because it says hockey club on the front of the jersey, which out of your control, but I think you guys did a good job. It's like exactly what I would have done in the situation. And it doesn't say it doesn't say club hockey in ugly letters. It's the Nebraska hockey club. Like it's the the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey club, the Montreal Canadiens club. You know, it's it's not that crazy. So I think you guys do do well with what you have. Yeah, that's definitely a struggle that we've had is I've seen the comments that it's like, oh, it sucks. They have to say club on their jerseys. And hopefully someday we can take that off and the university lets us show them off a little bit more. But uh, for right now, the club's staying on and we make do what we have. Thank you guys so much for, for taking the time here. I'll leave you guys with one more thing. Kane, I'll throw it over to you first. Like what's what's the sales pitch for anybody interested in, in maybe learning more about Nebraska hockey, thinking about going to the Midwest to play in college. What, what makes Nebraska so special? Yeah, I'd say definitely uh, reach out to us on Instagram. We don't have tryouts. So if that's something that you're worried about, we don't have tryouts. We can't guarantee any playing time or anything like that. But our coach does a good job of trying to get everybody on the ice and schedule some games that he knows he can fit a few more of the freshmen into. So Besides the hockey, Lincoln's a great area. It's, I mean, our rink's right next to campus. Our campus is in the middle of downtown Lincoln, so you really don't even need a car if you don't want to bring a car. Uh, overall, the university's a pretty good place to be. Nate, final thoughts on uh, Nebraska. Like, What's been your favorite part so far? When, when you tell people what it's like to play hockey at Nebraska, what's the one thing you always mention? Just the guys. The guys are awesome. I, am, I made 40 best friends immediately. And I can I will continue to make uh, everlasting relationships with everyone I meet at Nebraska. Kind of final thoughts: like we are doing something really special. I mean, nobody knows anything about hockey in Nebraska, and we have how much is our rookie class next season? Kaner, is it? We I think we have like 35, 40 guys on our list. I think we have at least thirty guys who have contacted us. So I think we're definitely getting out there more in the aspect of freshmen looking for places to go for school and also have an ACHA team so yeah we're we're already talking about moving up to D2 uh the next season so we're kind of exploring that avenue so we're really excited about that and just kind of trying to grow the game in Nebraska in general awesome well you guys are doing doing it the right way growing the game of hockey in in a state that's been known for its college football for a really long time so we got to end it with this I just looked it up They've set the win total at six and a half for Nebraska football this year. I want both of you to answer. Is it going to be over or under six and a half? That's tough because I feel like every year they say we're going to get seven, eight wins, whatever, and we end up getting four. So I'm going to say it's going to be under six and a half. I think Matt Rule is going to do a great job, but I don't know if we're at the six and a half range yet. So I, I've I've only known Nebraska football for two years, and it hasn't done me any favors for two years. The six and a half win total—I mean, that's ambitious, man. I I gotta believe in 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 rule, though. I gotta believe that he can get it done. I'm, I'll go over just because I have faith in in the state of Nebraska and Nebraska football. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys again. First team from Nebraska on the podcast, so put the banner at Breslow for next season. Uh, we'll have that. We'll have the the, the we'll have our uh, our office lady ship you guys the banner, and, and you guys can hang it up on opening night. But uh, wish you guys the best of luck next year. Hey, thanks a lot for having us on. Yep, thanks for having us on, North. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks again to the boys from Nebraska for joining the show this week. Really good to to catch up with them. Had been DMing them back and forth when they started doing their jersey sales. So glad we could finally get those guys on. 
posted an interesting question on social media this week was thinking about stadium series game last year between NC State and UNC and, and the reception that that got. Honestly, don't know if we'll ever see that again in an outdoor game at the ACHA level, but thinking about what would be a really cool matchup when the stadium series heads to MetLife Stadium. I want to pick your guys' brains. Herm, you were able to see the original one with NC State and UNC, so I want to go to you first. If you could pick any two club hockey teams to face off at MetLife Stadium as part of the stadium series, who would you go with? Two options, Army-Navy or Cuser-Stony Brook. Army-Navy would be a good one, especially with Army defeating Navy last year at McMullen. It was a really cool one. I, I do like the Stony Brook and Syracuse choice too, in, in my unbiased opinion, that would be a really cool matchup. Collins, I know there was a decent amount of Philly teams who felt like we were disrespecting them by not including them in this list. Got into it with the Drexel account for a little bit because they thought that we snubbed them, and I told them that they already had their fun and they, they should let other teams have a chance to play outside, and they, I think, were confused by that comment, but Villanova and Drexel got to play outside in 2012 when the Winter Classic was in Philly, and I'm sure Philly will get another outdoor game down the road, so they'll get to participate in, but in your opinion, who would you choose to play outdoors? I mean, I mentioned it last episode, so I'm not going to bring it up again and really delve into it. But yeah, I would love to see Villanova Cuse, all-time rivalry. The Route 1 rivalry would be insane. Rutgers-Princeton, that would be a a great matchup to see. Uh, NYU-Rutgers as well. Rutgers, just in general, should be playing there. Uh, It's the biggest school in New Jersey. It should be them, and then pretty much it can be anybody else in that New Jersey, New York area. Fitzy, I'm curious as, as a guy from Chicago looking at the schools on the East Coast who, who want to play in this game, who do you have? Well, I got two of mine stolen so far. That's okay. We can have repeats. <laughs> I, I think the Army-Navy would be unreal. I mean, you see at the football games, you know, bouncing up and down and it's the stadium's just electric. So that one's definitely, definitely at the top of my list. I saw someone commented Notre Dame versus like, you know, anyone. And I don't, I don't know how people would feel about that because it's like they're coming from, you know, South Bend, Indiana, all the way to New Jersey. I, feel, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to have an outdoor game in New Jersey, like you should get some East Coast teams. But everyone Notre knows Dame Notre Dame the, fans. They, yeah, they just yeah. think the entire United States is their fan base. So true. That, that doesn't true. surprise me. But I, I like getting NYU involved. I like getting Stony Brook involved. But I'm going to do a new one, a, a rivalry that's going to get renewed here since they are joining AAU college hockey at the Division II level. Give me Fordham and Columbia at MetLife would be would be my go-to one. I think it'd be a great color matchup. You get the maroon from Fordham against the light blue from Columbia. I think that would look really good. Get two city schools going toe-to-toe at MetLife. It would be fun to see. So uh, let us know. Uh, head to our Instagram page at HockeyHousePod. Feel free to leave a comment on the post. We've had it pinned to the top of our profile. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Episode 99, we're coming on 100. Time to pick up the pucks. Fitzy, I'll throw it back to you. What do you got going on this week? What's on your mind? I texted you guys about it, but I'm still salty. I got a bone to pick with Bauer. I didn't get invited to the Bauer Hype Fest, and I, I'm seeing some other TikTok influencers getting the invite. I feel a little disrespected. So this is where I come to vent, and I'm going to get back on the TikTok train. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit. That's that's just a, you know, a shot to the face from Bauer. I get it. I'll up the content for sure. Well, you got plenty of guys to get content advice from on this pod, so... Let's uh let's get it going here. Maybe we'll get some vlogs going again. We saw your highlight tape. Plenty of highlights there. Maybe we got to throw those on the talk. Maybe we can get a, a like a walkthrough of that fight you had in your highlight tape. You could narrate the fight and and freeze frame it with what was going through your head. That that might be the that's where I would start. I tried posting my two fights from two seasons ago and TikTok like blocked it or something so i'll have to to find a way around that there's there's definitely a way around it you might have to do photos it'll be like a pixar animated film you'll just have to do freeze frames of collins what about you what's on your mind this week i got two things on my mind speaking of breakdowns video breakdowns john boy media please reply back to us we would we would love to come out to to the bronx and uh play some floorball with you guys and uh or show the world that the acha is uh is a pretty viable league Second, I'm done complaining about the the Nationals coverage. After watching the 24 hours of Le Mans this weekend, which was an amazing race, really, really cool to see and cool to see the uh, uh, Garage 56 boys with the NASCAR uh, finish the race and, and do pretty well. The nighttime coverage was 
horrendous. Not not because it was you know anything within their control. I I sent the picture to the group chat. Impossible to watch. It's just a blur of lights flying by you after thinking a little bit about you know how much we complained about the the rink one coverage at at uh, Marlboro. It wasn't that bad, honestly. It was it was pretty solid. But that's 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 my little thing I got uh, I got going on. I don't got much to talk about this week. Herm, what about you? What's on your mind? Boys, I'm hungry. What type of pizza am I getting for dinner tonight? Domino's. You can get the you get like a full pizza. You get the brownies, the cinnamon twist, and I think you get a liter of pop. Or do you guys call it soda? I don't know which one you call soda, it. Soda, and I can have none of those things. It's gonna be gluten free pizza. Oh, I'm just my curious God, I about. Completely that. forgot about that. Dang I'm it. just I'm just saying the the specific type of pizza. I had pizza tonight. Here's what I had. It was just regular red sauce, mozzarella, chicken, prosciutto arugula basil prosciutto and arugula for some reason just go so well together it's so good is there a blaze pizza near you herm uh i don't think so there's one in Cuse. those are so good never had that before very good as well herm i actually had met up with friend of the show zach schwartz and a couple other members of the syracuse hockey team after we got out of work the other day in the city and we all split a gluten-free buffalo chicken pizza, which was pretty good. Wouldn't have known the difference. Went there for happy hour at Stout near Grand Central Station for any guys listening and are in the city. Was a little nervous walking in that I was going to get judged for having a backpack because I just came for my internship. Not at all. Legitimately, everybody there had backpacks on. It was odd because there were also like you could tell there was a lot of interns there but then you could also tell there was like guys with gray hair that were there not that i was judging but i was a little confused it felt like the backpacks weren't maybe their vibe so i had a good time in the city had a great time going to the red sox game the other day unfortunately they lost but slowly starting to navigate new york city just in time because in july we're moving offices so i'm gonna have to get pretty comfortable because i'm very used to the route it takes me to work now and i've been navigating the subway system a little bit more each day so i'm looking forward to that and uh hopefully by now herm has decided what kind of pizza he's gonna get there's like a cali chicken bacon ranch i think i feel like that's what i gotta go with at this point before we go as as i watched i think you should leave season three i finished that not my favorite Probably my least favorite of the three seasons, but I think we're going to get some quality memes out of it, which is, I think, really the whole point of I think you should leave is just more memes for Twitter. As someone who went in very much on the hype train of I think you should leave, having seen it from Murph, having seen it from Matt Crescelli, who's next to me and we're constantly watching I think you should leave sketches, I was not impressed with this season, to be perfectly honest with you. I got to be honest. There were some duds, but when... A sketch was good. It was really fucking good. Zipline guy, so funny. That was that's one of my favorites by far. Driving crooner. What was the other one? Um, the drive through. These have all been, I think, pretty good. But there are some pretty pretty strange ones. Um, it takes an exquisite taste to to like. I think you should leave. Like the the people listening who watch. I think you should leave are probably so pumped that we're talking about it. And then there's another half of society that is not going to watch the show. And if they did watch the show, they wouldn't understand it because it's just a lot to take in. It doesn't really make much sense. But we're getting through the off season. Episode 100 on deck. We're very excited for that one. All the boys are going to be back in the booth for that. And really looking forward to continuing our coverage of ACHA and AAU college hockey off season. Make sure to follow along on social channels if you got something that we can plug during the off season we'd love to do it we've got teams dming us that they have openings in their schedule and they're looking for people to come play them on certain weekends we'd be more than happy to share those with you and yeah we're getting away brick by brick getting through the off season almost to mid-june we're getting there we had teams posting 100 days till opening puck drop so good to see those graphics in the air episode 99 in the books and we'll see everyone next week for episode 100 see you boys yeah.